We would like to say a special thank you to the women of First Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls for sponsoring this week's episode. But even look at, I mean, it's not just that there's a party going on. It's also that he was in the field working. Yeah. Nobody came and got him. No. Nope. Uh, the slaves knew what was happening before he did. And they had to tell him what was happening. Uh, they, it's like he had been forgotten because this uh, worthless brother had shown back up. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. The parable of the prodigal son, one of the most well-known parables in the Bible. The younger son squanders his inheritance in a foreign land. Broke, broken, and starving, he devises a plan to convince his father to take him back as a hired hand. Upon his return, he begins reciting his speech, only to have his overjoyed father cut him off to start the celebration. His older brother, who is still out working in the field, feels betrayed that his little brother gets the party that he feels he deserves for working hard all these years. But as you'll hear Dr. Chris Krogan and Lars Olson teach us in this week's conversation, it's the little details between these well-known pillars of the story that demonstrate the incredible gift that is God's grace towards us. There are so many amazing moments in this week's conversation, but first, here's Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself and said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. 
and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he had got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both Dr. Chris Krogan and Lars Olson with us this week. Thanks for being here, both of you. Good. I don't get fanfare very often, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. First time for everything. (laughs) So we are in uh, Luke's Gospel, the 15th chapter. Uh, Christ is telling stories. He's uh, telling parables. Could we have maybe a little context to who he's speaking to or what? Uh, what's happening kind of around this story. Yep, there's a number of parables that lead up to this, and then he's going to talk about some parables that we skip over, actually, in Luke here, a couple of parables. But he's talking about this in the with with the Pharisees. Um, so he's sitting there um, having had dinner with the Pharisees, and he holds up the Pharisees and shows them uh, where their status is in the law in these parables and how they are not righteous in the law. So he's kind of taking his shots at, okay, those of you that think that you're righteous in the law, okay, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and we hear it right, right in the beginning, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were grumbling at him. Uh, they noted this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. Yeah. So not just the sinners, but the tax collectors I know, too. truly a repugnant group of people. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so they, they noticed this. Yeah, we're in tax season. So we're in tax season. Relate, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm, I just was working on my taxes last weekend. So <laughs> the grumbling is the grumbling. Is, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> but it is interesting how they're all grumbling, and all three of the parables, especially the one we're going to get to with the prodigal son, the point of it, point of them is the the upshot is they they rejoice uh, at the at the finding um, when the when the lost is found, there is a party going on instead of this grumbling that the Pharisees and tax collectors are stuck in. Okay, so if for those who haven't don't yet know, the parable we're going to get in today is arguably one of the most popular parables of all time. Yep. One of the most preached upon parables of all time, which probably means that it's also one of the most m- misunderstood misunderstood parables yeah. of all time too. So I hope when as we're going into this if you guys could kind of talk about that for those on the pulpit 
a little bit. I think that that would be helpful for people too to kind of be like, this is what not to do. Because I feel like a lot of times people will focus only on the son or or like the the good son or only on the father. And it's like, okay, well, where, where do we start? So let's start, shall we? Good. So in verse 11, it says, then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons um, and he starts talking about the younger one and the father gave him his share of the property, um, which I actually have a question about. What does that mean? In the, those days, what does it mean when a father gave a son a mm-hmm. share of the property? Good. So it's an inheritance. And okay. so there, I think there's something that's going on here that Jesus is laying out because he recognizes we've got two audiences here. I've got the the tax collectors and sinners listening to me right now. Mm-hmm. I also have the Pharisees listening to me. So he divides the audiences into two sons. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, the tax collectors are Jews, okay? As well as the sinners. That's why they're sinners, because they're Jews, right? Mm-hmm. This is not Gentiles. He's not talking to any Gentiles here. So he's got two audiences. One are the sinners, who are Jews, and then the Pharisees, who think they're not sinners. So this is why he's laying out two sons. We've got the people that have squandered, that is to say, that's prodigal, throwing away the inheritance. Now, what was the inheritance? The inheritance is that you are going to receive the favor of God. Mm-hmm. That's what the Jews were promised. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is starting to lay out a parable to show what's going on here. And so they were given the promise of their inheritance from Abraham, right? You are going to be a favored people. You will actually receive the kingdom of God through, uh, through Christ, okay? So this is kind of what's going on. And they, they say, hey, um, we want the, and then they go out and they botch it. So that's part of the narrative that's going through this whole thing of what's happening in the prodigal son is keep the history of Israel in mind, that they get a promise and they keep botching it. That's part of it. But then what's actually going on in the, in the story itself, okay? So what's happening with the son is what you're asking, mm-hmm. okay? Well, it's an inheritance. An inheritance can't be earned or given. And yet, as we will see through this parable, one of these groups thinks that they can earn a bigger share or that they deserve more of it or that some people get it without deserving it, which is, of course, the point here, right? Uh, that, that the younger son comes and asks for his share now, which is a great offense, actually, to turn to your uh, father and say, uh, I want my share now before you're dead, because actually then you're dead to me. <laughs> I'm leaving you with all the things that I would have got for you. I want the things more than you. And so that's perhaps what we can think of as a sinner, one who is always taking for themselves, uh, thinking that it's earned or deserved, and then running off and doing, what, doing with it what they please. And uh, so he goes to his father and says, give me the inheritance now. Yep. I, uh, I don't have a place here, perhaps. Maybe he's afraid of the younger or the older son uh, who's older. He's never going to be the older son. Perhaps he doesn't feel like he's favored. Um, and so he's uh, going to find his fortunes other places, taking what is rightfully, in his mind, his own. Well, it's, that's even, <clears throat> even interesting from the Jews' perspective, that they think they've earned God's favor rather than God just promising that you are the people that have my favor. Exactly. Quite interesting. Yep, is that you You are our, my favored one because, now keep in mind, this starts there, the people of God because of Abraham who was pulled out of idolatry 
and said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you, and out of you is going to come the Christ and the, the, for all the world. Mm-hmm. So that's their favor. Look, at we are a chosen people. Mm-hmm. And then they take that promise and they go through and squander it, which is what we got in the next verse in verse 13, in dissolute living. Now, remember the prophets. The prophets are always saying, you uh, went and slept with other gods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of what's going on here. Yeah. The prophets are constantly uh, saying... Jeremiah know, says, uh, uh, effectively, he says, even the prostitutes would learn something from you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, No, but this is kind of... You know, so Jesus is kind of like... The Pharisees kind of are getting this narrative. They recognize that this is... He's being... They're being poked at with their own text. Jesus just isn't necessarily quoting the prophets specifically, but he's giving the exact same narrative of this is what these sinners did, which mm-hmm. is the Israel, okay? And uh, and then they go out and they really uh, live it up with other gods. Mm-hmm. But now, even before that, though, it's important to get the, that next, that in-between phrase right because it comes back at the end. It's not at the end when, when the father is being generous. It's also here. Mm-hmm. When he's asked a awful thing, give me my give me my inheritance now, and he does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. God is doing that with the Israelites throughout. Yep. He's being generous and gracious to them constantly, uh, even though they are dissolute in their living. That's also what's going on in this in this parable that the father is generous, mm-hmm. even to his own detriment and fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you get the merciful God throughout the Bible. It's not just categorically Old Testament is wrathful God. It's mm-hmm. like, well... <laughs> or, or as we'll see at the end, or when you turn around and finally change your tone, then he's gracious to you. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then Lars, like what you... Pastor Lars, like what you had just said, um, he the youngest son squandered everything. He gets rid of it. So then it kind of starts... And I, I don't remember reading this before or at least I hadn't remembered that I read it before, but it really goes into a, a deep description of like the the journey of the younger son. Mm-hmm. And it says how um, a severe famine took place, and then he began to actually, he hired himself out to actually work in someone's fields and feed the pigs, mm-hmm. which I had not known before. Mm-hmm. At all. And then we, first of all, before we continue, I want to get to the good stuff, but is there yep. anything you want to add there real quick? Well, so again, this is kind of following that they are now in a, he's in a foreign land. He's no longer amongst friends, right? And then the other thing is he's feeding pigs. Now remember, this is in a Jewish context. Pigs are unclean. They are literally the worst thing you could have to, and he's willing to then... He, he is so hungry, he was willing to eat what the pigs would eat, <laughs> which is even, even deeper. Even worse than That's the pigs. Even, exactly. Yeah, right. So it's not just that he would even eat a pig. That'd be bad. He'd eat what the pigs eat. So this is called hitting bottom. Well, I, He has think, no choice but to be the pig servant, Yeah. right? Yeah. He is the slop boy uh, <laughs> that can't even eat what the pigs eat. He's lower than low. Yeah. Slop boy. Uh, the... Uh, the the wrath uh, of his situation has been poured out extraordinarily upon him, and he has no options other than to do what is unthinkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's even logically speaking. The verse 14 starts, when he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country. Right. So it's like, this is happening already. 
when he was broke. Yeah. So how, how you'd think yeah. you'd already be at the, at your lowest point when you're broke and in your foreign land, but <laughs> no, when it's, it rains, it's, it pours. Yeah. it's getting worse. Exactly. Yep. So he, uh, verse 17 continues. Uh, he comes to himself. He said, he thinks of his, uh, father. So he thinks of his father's goodness. Mm-hmm. How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he's uh, plotting his return back. Right. And so what's a really interesting thing is, is, so he comes to himself, which we all do. We realize we're in a bad situation. And now we're going to figure out the reason, that is to say, calculate how we are going to get rid of our suffering. Hmm how we are going to get ourselves out of a bad situation by using what? The law. So how am I going to extricate myself from this situation? I put myself into it, but now I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps or I'm going to correct my living or I'm going to come back. And so, yeah, then he goes into what he's going to do. But it's interesting here because... What what the son is rehearsing doesn't sound as like as much of an excuse as like what I would rehearse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I were rehearsing, I'd be like, "Oh, I fell into a bad crowd. They influenced me really poorly." Like it wasn't my fault. Yeah, exactly. It'd be going into the ethics of it all. Here, he's taking the blame for it. He's saying, "I have sinned against heaven, and before you, I'm not worthy." It's almost like he's confessing to his father. Mm-hmm. But he's come to himself. He, he's, he's now thinking, what is my best route out of where I am? Mm-hmm. This okay. isn't just confessing. This is how we all try to confess yeah. our sin. If it's best for us to take the blame, mm-hmm. then we'll do so. Exactly. Yeah. If it's best for us to shift the blame, oh that's what we'll do. We We're going so to find our way out of the trouble by making it good for us. And mm-hmm. that's what he's rehearsing here, right? He's, he's thinking the best way uh, to come to his dad is to say, yeah, I'm owning this. You, you're, I'm owning this, and you're going to take me back now because I'm owning this. Yeah, yeah. But don't get too caught up on, I mean, he opens with saying the thought, how many of my father's hired hands have bread? Exactly. And it's a great point, Mason. Mm-hmm. And here I am dying yeah, of hunger. Yeah, and I'm dying of hunger. So it's, it is entirely selfish thinking, mm-hmm. how, what do I need right now? I need bread. Mm-hmm. How can I connive my way <laughs> through ethics to... <laughs> posture and, you know, say, beat my breasts, dad, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. And I I don't even need to be your son again. Yeah. Yeah, Just make me one of your hands, hired hands, and and that'll be good enough. Uh, Let me start worming my way back into your heart and into your life uh, at at the lowest level. Exactly. And I'll climb my way back up the ladder. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't deserve any of this, so, um, but I'm going to, you know, say, you know. I feel like this next verse comes out of, like, a Lord of the Rings (laughs) trilogy. I just see, like, a little... One of the little guys going up on the hill when it Mm -hmm. says like, so he set off and went to his father. Um, But then it actually, okay, so now we get into the meat of it. Mm -hmm. And it says, but while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, put his arms around him, kissed him. And now we start going into the whole affair of the celebrations. It's, it's almost as if the father knew he would come back at some point and it was waiting for him and Why do you looking say that? for him because he was watching far off. Mm-hmm. And as he's coming, he's comes, he goes to run to him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He gave him the inheritance. 
knowing that he was going off. Uh, but eventually, perhaps, maybe it was just a hope. Who knows? But he was watching for the son to come back. And when he sees him, uh, he already is saying, there's my son. Yeah, and it's a, it's not just a, oh, good thing. It's a, This compassion is, is a gut-wrenching situation. This is the same thing that happens when Jesus, um, the same Greek word when Jesus' gut is churned when Lazarus is dead and people are like, oh. You know, so it's 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 this guttural compassion. It's really deep in your. It's not just a oh look at look at you know poor no. kid, <laughs> yeah. poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> right, compassion is too flimsy. Yeah, to it's what too we're almost about. too light. Right, um, of a word. This is something filled with great. You know, his heart emotion. was broken. We might say. I mean, yep. he was uh, uh, shattered by this or something. Yep. And then this is also he ran and threw his arms around him, which is kind of recalling the story between Jacob and Esau which uses nearly the exact same language in the Old Testament of this is like an absorbent overreaction almost. It's like this, whoa, you know, and so it's not just he's there giving them like you see in Europe where people just peck each other on the, on the cheeks. No, this is like a smothering of him. So that's how deeply this, this love runs. And it goes back to your point, Mason, is if we're looking at this as the, the narrative of the Old Testament, of Israel going off into the foreign lands, doing what, you know, they did. And then yet the father's compassion is so much to bring them back mm-hmm. with mercy, with, with gift. Yep. You have to imagine too, that uh, the father can see the son's sort of disrepair from the distance. He doesn't have any of his property. He's probably. He's not coming back with a herd of, of uh, <laughs> Sheep or yeah, uh, you know uh, camels and exactly. struggling along. Yeah, goats, yeah, I mean, yep. <laughs> doesn't have great great robes on his yeah, body. Yep. Yeah, he still runs towards him. Yep. But the father's love for him, uh, care for him, his wanting of him is evident as the son comes back and starts to replay what he rehearsed. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. here's my chance, uh, <laughs> father. Uh, I have sinned against you, and, yeah. and then he stops. <laughs> no, he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop, yeah. He's well, interrupted. He's interrupted. He's interrupted by his father. Which is key. All right, verse 21. Then the son said to him, <laughs> Father, I have sinned against heaven and heaven and before you. I am no longer worry, worthy to be called your son. But. Cut off. But the father said to, to his slaves. Now note, he's ignored those words. He yeah. turns to the slaves. He's not looking to say, I'm, I'm, I'm an active listener here. Let me repeat to you what you just said. He ignores those words from his son. He's not paying attention to these words of repentance and then interrupts him. Mm. With what? He, he says, says to the slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Right. He interrupts him with great joy and mercy, not with... Okay, now that you said that, now you're going to get your just desserts. He doesn't even let him get a word of righteousness in the law. He doesn't even say, well, because this is what you'll hear in some circles. If you just confess your sins Mm -hmm. and accept forgiveness, Mm -hmm. you will be... No, no, it's not if you just confess. No, he doesn't give a chance to confess. (laughs) It's an imputation of of Christ's mercy, God's delight. On this man doesn't even give him a chance to claim righteousness. Of at least I had a formula of yeah. There's no no active 
repentance and there's no active uh, acceptance of of the it's it's the against mercy? the TV commercial that you have now with uh, Billy Graham's son, son um, which says just say this prayer <laughs> and then your heart will be open to Jesus. Yeah, it's not even that. Yeah, right. Franklin Graham. Have you seen these TV commercials now? Franklin Graham says, they're, they're doing them. They're running these TV commercials. Franklin Graham says, call this number and just say this prayer, and then you will have Jesus. No. None of the, the millennials get, have TV. We don't have oh, TV. You, guys <laughs> you, you two will have to come up with these things in order to get to your generation. No, these are my older, you know, this is my older style. But you know the father's not listening, not because he just cuts him off and turns him, not only that, but also he doesn't pay attention to it all. The, the whole uh, rehearsed speech, let me be a slave in your house. No, he doesn't hear any of it. He just jumps right in and says, you're my son. He puts a mm-hmm. robe on him, a ring on his finger and starts the celebration immediately. Yeah. Which is the favorite one. Remember, Israel's the favorites. Mm-hmm. So he just starts treating them like the favorites again. Mm-hmm. He doesn't doesn't sit there and say, you know, let's keep him. Yeah. He doesn't stop him to say, uh, let's see a little more contriteness out of you. Could we get some grumbling in here before yeah. we start up? None of it. Grovel yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Grovel, you know, your elder, elder brother is uh, out there. He might want to see... Uh... <laughs> You've you got more restitution it. to make. The son, my older son's been here for this whole time, and he's exactly. been working, so you better go grovel over there, mm-hmm. too. Yep, reparations. Well, so being a sinner, I kind of want to start diving into verse 25. Good. And start talking about this, because I think it's really interesting. There's a lot of talk about it. And I think, I think, um, I, I want to say, Krogan, that it was you and Sarah who talked about this at a Bible study with us one time. And you had mentioned, and it's really interesting once you actually dive into what all of this means to see the old eldest brother's perspective and point of view and like why he was so mad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of want to get into this because verse 25 says, now his elder brother was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and, and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. Well, so now he proceeds to get really angry about everything. The first thing I want to ask, what is the significance of a fatted calf? Oh, it's just the one that's going to taste the best. But like, it's, is it's it just the one that's be been, it's been, it's the been, most expensive? Is it going to be yes. prime? This like, is, is the one it we've been like taking care of. We've got the queen's jewels yep, sort of thing. Exactly. It's the ripe one that you've been saving for, for, the, for the holiday. <laughs> the big celebration. It's the big yeah. celebration that, uh, that's come early now. Yeah. Whenever you come over for dinner, Kiri, it's what we're serving you. <laughs> <laughs> Just have that in your mind. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Veal, right? Yeah. You've heard of veal. This yeah. is exactly it. But even look at, I mean, it's not just that there's a party going on. It's also that he was in the field working. Yeah. Nobody came and got him. No. Nope. Uh, the slaves knew what was happening before he did. And they had to tell him what was happening. Yeah. Uh, they, it's like he had been forgotten because this uh, worthless brother had shown back up. Yep. And then what's really starting to get at here is what got him the fatted calf? Well, yeah. you know, this is what the, the older brother is going to get upset about. Livid. Yes, he's livid because the question is, you know, what brings about God's favor? Is it obedience to God's command and law that you've been serving God all these years, which is the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees have been trying to keep, you know, this whole Jewish tradition alive, this whole story of Israel, and they've been working hard in the temple, and they're trying to keep everybody in place and all that kind of stuff. And yet, what does Jesus say? I came for the sick, not the well. Mm -hmm. And this is really offensive. Wait a second. I thought you came to reward us. 
And this is exactly what's happening now on this stuff because it's not the ones who've been working at being faithful. God's favor is, is what Deuteronomy says, I will have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy. Mm-hmm. And they've forgotten that, that God is actually not going to play fair. Mm-hmm. He's going to play favorites. And he begins to to justify himself in some sense. Listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you. Yep. He's, I mean, he's like, exactly what you said. Why is there a party and I wasn't invited? <laughs> yeah, but he says he's a slave, just yeah. like the younger brother was going to uh, pretend to be, right? Yep. Uh, so he's thinking, oh, I've got this in the bag because I've been doing this all this time. Mm-hmm. I've earned it. He's also missing that it's an inheritance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm. these days, yeah, exactly. we find all the time that people uh, are, they miss that it's an inheritance or they miss that it's a gift and they think they can earn it one way or the other, either by being good or by being bad. Uh, so we w- should sin all the more that grace would abound and then I would get a party in heaven exactly. because I was so bad, but God how, somehow was so good to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so the worse off we are, the better we are. That's just, That's just not what this is about. These are two brothers who are actively trying to find their uh, their righteousness outside of the Father's inheritance and gift and grace. So they're essentially two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. here. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so he, get, he gets angry, and, and then his father has to come out to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, his father, the father had to go out to the first son. Now now the father has to come out to, the, to this, this uh, older son. His yep. father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your commands. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. So he's stuck in the law. He's doing this for the reward. Right. That's what we're finding out here. And that's what that's where we started with the beginning with the, with the Pharisees and the sinners, right? The Pharisees think they've been doing right all this time and they've deserved all these things. Um, and... Now the older son is speaking for them, pointing this out. Look how I have served you and I've done all this for you. And you never gave me the party. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he obeyed the law as best as he could and it didn't benefit him in the end. Mm-hmm. W- what an offense, right? Yeah. I followed all the rules and I still got cancer, mm-hmm. right? Mm. I mean, this is kind of what's right. going on. Tough. Yeah, no, this is exactly... It's super and, tough. And so what is the un... This is exactly your reaction to the unfair God is exactly what people do when they don't want to go back to church when something bad happened to them that they can't say, or the, why do bad things happen to good people? And they say, then they became angry and refused to go in. Mm-hmm. These are people staying away from the church because they want a fair God. Mm-hmm. And they're so angry that God was so unfair and played favorites. Mm-hmm. And that's, sure. you know, and so this is kind of what's going on to this guy. He's like, screw that. I'm not going into the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I'm not celebrating. I'm not doing this. I am not getting what I deserve. Mm-hmm. The father, the father closes mic drop uh, in, in, this, <laughs> in the same way that he he uh, closed earlier, and he just re- repeats it again. Yep. Uh, but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and he has been found. So he, again, he's preaching. Yep. I mean, he's this is why we're doing this. <laughs> this is why we're doing it. But the other thing is 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 this. Um, but we had to celebrate, note the must, mm-hmm. it's necessary. That is to say, God actually, it's, it's, it's um, like when you drink five glasses of water, it means you're gonna eventually be going to the bathroom pretty soon, right? Yep. It's necessary, it's, 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 it's a, um, indicative it's gonna happen to you. 
Mm-hmm. It's not a, I have to do this to do it well. So this is what happens is the joy and celebration comes out in, it, in, in so far as, look, he was dead, now he's alive. We have our great gift um, back to us, our families back in town. And it's shocking, though, too, that the older brother doesn't recognize that everything in the father's house, everything in his entire existence has been a celebration. Yep. He thinks it's been work in the fields and he's been put upon because he's trying to earn it and deserve it rather than receive it as a gift from his father's grace. Yep. That the covenant that God made with his family, Israel, was somehow an imposition as opposed to just, hey, freedom. Right. You're always with me. All that is mine is yours. Yep. What have you to worry about? Why wouldn't we always be celebrating? Exactly. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. As you heard Lars and Dr. Krogan teach us in this conversation, both brothers are trying to find their righteousness outside of the Father's inheritance, gift, and grace. Instead of thinking you deserve or earned your inheritance of being favored by God, you can now simply receive it as our overjoyed Father intends as the free gift of God's grace. If you've ever found yourself wondering about a certain term or concept we discussed on Scripture First, we have dozens and dozens of free resources on our website to help you learn about Lutheranism and the freeing gospel of Jesus Christ saving us from our sins. We have videos and study guides from everything from the distinction between the law and the gospel to the meaning of baptism to breaking down Luther's key teachings, such as the bound will and the freedom of a Christian, go to lutherhouseofstudy.org to learn more. Luther House of Study's mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God's celebrating giving you your inheritance. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.